good Arab Shabbat to everyone. The Chumash Breshit, as we know, has a number of names to it. It's called the Sefer HaYashar. It's called the Sefer HaAvot. It really could also be called uh, the Book of uh, Survivors. Because basically the story is repeated a number of times about uh, how the reaction of people who survived terrible events and what happened afterwards. Uh, It it seems that the uh, Torah places great emphasis upon the reaction to tragedies. To things that are difficult. We have an entire Sefer in Tanakh, the book of Eov, which is devoted to the reaction of one individual to a series of tragedies that befell him and his uh, discussion regarding them, Kaviochel with heaven. Uh, and uh, at the end of the discussion, uh, there is uh, perhaps reconciliation, but there really is no understanding, no answer. Yov uh, goes on in life, and he, uh, to a great extent, he rebuilds himself. He has a new family. He recovers his wealth. He recovers his reputation. But there's no explanation as to what happened here. So we see that the Novi Yirmiya addresses the Jewish people. He gives them a title. Am Sridei Chorev a people that has survived the sword. As though that's the uh, the ultimate compliment. It doesn't say, I'm a Maccabli Torah, I'm Gomle Chasodim. There are other attributes that we could use regarding the Jewish people. The Novi chooses chooses to emphasize the fact that it is a survival nation. Today we say it's a start-up nation. But you have to survive in order to start up. So in the Chumash Breshes, we have these instances. Now the first one is naturally Adam Arisham. Adam and Chava are banished from Gan Eden. 
and they are set forth into a hostile world. We don't know what the prehistoric world looked like. There are all sorts of theories, and it's a uh, fertile ground for imagination and for creativity and for movies. And there's a fascination that human beings have to know what it was like then. That's why everyone is so interested in the Jurassic Park and all of these other things. Simply because of the fact that uh, somehow we want to know what went on before. The Torah does not tell us. And the Torah tells us that the reaction of Odom and Chava is basically silence. They don't tell us what it felt like to be banished from Gun Eden. The Torah doesn't tell us that for 130 years that we don't hear a word from them. Rashi points out that the initial reaction was therefore silence, not to talk about it. Not only that, to divorce oneself from society. Only later that an Adam somehow begrudgingly uh, returns to society, he has the child shaped. But again, it doesn't. What you know? We would. Wouldn't you like to see an interview with Adam Marishan? What happened? And Torah is silent. Torah doesn't talk about it. But Adam and Chava are the first survivors. And they're the first ones that suffer trauma after trauma. It's not only being excluded from Gan Eden, it's from having one son kill another son. And from living long enough to see the deterioration of civilization that happens, they are uh, powerless to deal with it or they don't want to deal with it. So that when they have uh, descendant Enosh and uh, idolatry comes into the world, paganism, the Torah doesn't inform us of any reaction, any opposition to it by Odomarishan, who is still alive. Because Odomarishan lives uh, a long life, 930 years, something like that. So that's one clip of Chumash Bracious. The second clip, naturally, is Noah. Noah sees his entire society destroyed. 
the Mabul uh, floods everything. And Vayishoer Ach Noach. So when Noah comes out of the ark, after the earth dries a little, he sees a devastated world in front of him. What is his reaction? Sodom Mauritian's reaction was silence. And Noach had a more bitter reaction. It says, Noach Rashi says, Nasechulin. He said, if such a thing can happen, forget the whole thing. Eat, live, and, be, and drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. There's no purpose here. That's the idea of Nasechulin. Kulin means that there's no holiness, there's no eternity, there's no immortality. None of that exists. If this could happen, forget the whole thing. And therefore he looks for escape. Doesn't say that Noah comes out to rebuild the world. He does not have any more children. So Rashi says that's because of Chom. It's a medrash. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't have any more children. And we don't see what the uh, again we don't see the interview with Noah to tell us what happened and what he thinks about it. And how to proceed. He uh, closed the shop. He lost being a tzaddik and he became chulin. Which is a reaction to trauma. To disaster. It's a perfectly natural reaction. What else should one do? How can one worship a God that destroys the whole world? That uh, even the most innocent of creatures, the animals, etc., everybody's destroyed. So if that's your God, then uh, I don't know how to deal with it. So we'll forget the whole thing. Which leads to the Tower of Bovel, which is the uh, ultimate human rebellion against heaven. Heaven thinks they can do this to us again. No, we're going to organize... We're going to have a United Nations. We're going to get together. We have technology. We're going to build a city. We're going to build a tower. We're going to protect ourselves. We're 
going to have an iron dome. Forget about the, the God doesn't exist. That's the reaction of the generation of Noah. So now we come to uh, Avram Avinu, the third uh, vignette, so to speak, here in the Chumash Breshis, the parishes that we deal with now. Savroma Vinu is thrown into Ur Kazdim, into the furnace of Nimrod. And he escapes. Miraculously, he escapes. And he has a different reaction. His reaction is Boy, I escaped. Must be because God wanted me to escape. If he wanted me to escape, I'm going to be in the service of God. I'm going to spread his name around the world. I'm going to do things that are positive. So Adam was silent. Noah profanes himself, gives up on everything. Yedor Mabel rebels. Avram Avinu says, okay, Vayikra, B'Shem, Hashem, Elokei Olam. He walks around the country. He builds yeshivas. He builds hostels. And he says it's good to be a good person. Even though he is mocked. The Medrash tells us that. They say Avram Avinu is not going to have any children. That's what the Roy Lot said. Not having children is not a biological thing in the Torah. Many great people were not Zochah to children, and many evil people were Zochah to great families. That's not a biological thing that the Torah is talking about. The Torah is talking about continuity. The Torah is talking about... Uh, uh, generations that will follow a certain path about influence far beyond the grave. That's what the Torah is talking about. Savroma Venus' reaction, Avram and Sora, is that they're going to glorify God's name because he, they, they survived. So that's what happens when they have the incident with Paro. And then they come out and they survived. And they became wealthy. So again, it says, He didn't say, what kind of God is this? That he tells me to go there to soil. And I go there and there's a hunger and I got to go down to Egypt. And in Egypt, my wife is taken from me. What, he's playing games with me? He doesn't say that. He said, I survived, so then uh, there's an obligation. There's uh, a goal here. 
clear that I'm supposed to do something, otherwise I wouldn't have survived. And then there's the ultimate story, which is this week's parsha. Sora gives birth uh, miraculously at an age when Chadal Sora Leo Sora Kanoshim. She's physically unable to have a child. That problem's a hundred years old. The Medrash teaches us that Avram made a banquet, a meal. I'm sure they all wore masks when they came. They had a tavia rogue. Uh, in honor of Biomi Gomelet Yitzchak. When Yitzchak uh, was weaned, uh, the Yitzchak is now an independent uh, human being. Avram sees his future in Yitzchak. So the Medrash says that Og Melachaboshan was present at that banquet. Probably was the guest speaker. You always have to have a big guy as the guest speaker. This is a big That's right. So uh, the Medrash says that uh, they said to Og, well, what do you say now? Look at that. The old man had a child, the old lady. The child survives. That's Biomi Gomelis Yitzchak. So he said, just wait, I'll crush him with my thumb. Because it can't be. And then we have the supreme uh, test of survival that Avram is uh, instructed to offer Yitzchak as a sacrifice, something which is against everything that Avram has preached through his entire life. And he and Yitzchak Vayelchu Shneim Yachdon are both aware of what's going to happen here. And so to speak, they're both voluntarily involved. And they both survive. Sora doesn't survive. See that next week's parsha. That test is too much for the mother. That trauma destroys her. She says, But Avram and Yitzhak survive. And not only that, they're, they're back in business again. Avram was Masakin Shachris. Yitzchak said, Shachar is not enough. We have to dive him in Chetel.
Because I'm a survivor, otherwise why would I have survived if I don't accomplish anything? If I don't somehow push it forward. The Medrash says, Rashi quotes it at the end of the Parsha of Vayera. We have a list of people who were born. Uh, and then they list, Uts, Booz, who were these guys? Never heard them before, never heard anything now. What is the Torah telling us here? Kmuel Avi Aron. I used to say in a younger day that it's like the roster of the team of the Chicago Cubs. Who are these guys? Can't play. So why does the Torah tell us that? So the Mephoshim will explain that because at the end it says Psuel Yolad is Rivka, Psuel gave birth to Rivka, and we want to get to Rivka because she's going to marry Yitzchak and be the mother of Klal Yisrael. She's the next Sorrow. So the Torah introduces her to us. Rashi quotes here on Fantastic medrash. All, uh, all the uh, great uh, commentators to Rashi say that the genius of Rashi is in the choice of the medrashim. Rashi has Kolat Torah Kula in front of him. What did he choose to say this and not to say the others? Because Rashi is eternal. So he's not just speaking about Pshat and the Pusik. He's telling us what's going to be 500 years from now. That's when you're going to need this Medrash. So the Medrash says, Avram Avinu said to himself after the Akedah, Ilu Hoya Bani Shochut, if we would have gone through with this, and my son would have been sacrificed, there would be nobody left, and there's no future. I should have married him off long ago, right? He's 40 years old. Still living at home. What was with me? So immediately, Miyad, he calls in Eliezer and says, go make the shit up. So that's Avram's reaction to the trauma. To survive. I should have taken steps to make sure that we would survive. I, I could not prevent the trauma. It's not up to me. I don't know what the answer is here. I don't know what God wanted. Kill him. Don't kill him. But my job was to make sure that there be a future here. So that's Avram's reaction. 
Yitzchak, who's the ultimate survivor. So according to the Medrash, the Medrash says that part of the reason that he was sightless for the last decades of his life, and that allowed Esau to fool him, and then allowed Yaakov to fool him, fooled by both sons. Oftentimes happens to parents. But that he was sightless because of the Akeda. He said, uh, they say that he was, the, the, the angels in heaven wept and their tears fell on his eyes when he was bound on the altar and then, or later on, it developed cataracts, whatever it was, and he couldn't see anymore. But that Medrash says, had no future. Rivka, who guarantees the survival, she sees the future. So even though she's got an ace of in the house, and even though he's got all these foreign women, and even though they are burning incense to idolatry, she sees the future. And we'll see that next week's Parsha. How she induces Yaakov to fool his father and to then flee to love him. So now Yaakov Avinu becomes the survivor. He's got to survive love him. That's a different survival. Because love him gives you a job and he gives you his daughters. And he says, Abonim Bonaiv, Abonos Benosai, Yirbin Dr. Zayde, what do you want from me? And Lovin is smart, and Lovin knows how to deal in the world. And one of the reasons the, the, the Medrash always darshans on a person's name, why he's called Lovin, he's always wearing white clothes, he's always pure, Lovin is there, you know. He's progressive. He's a good guy. Yaakov Avinu knows better. He tells Esau in Lovin Garti Vaicharanoto. I survived Lovin, I'm gonna survive you too. With Doran, with Shilo the Muhammad. There are different methods. But I'm going to survive you too. So when he escapes from Asaph, buys him off. And he wants to uh, build the Jewish people. And he has the 12 sons to do it, his daughter Dina. And again, all sorts of things happen that are impediments that Yaakov is not diverted. However, the Medrash says, we'll have it again, Vayeshev Yaakov, Bikeshleshev he thought his job is done. 
Kofat's all over robes on Shal Yosef. So now you have another trauma. The brothers and Yosef, which is perhaps a worse trauma than fighting with Lova or Esau. The fight is in between brothers, between holy brothers. So now Yosef becomes the survivor. So then he has to survive. Shimon and Levi want to kill him. He gets out of that and he's sold into Egypt and now he's a slave and now he's with Potiphar and then Mrs. Potiphar gets in the way and he's thrown into jail. He survives that too. He survives going to jail. He rises to greatness, to power, but he never forgets who he is and what he wants to do here. And how he's going to unite with the brothers. And how he's going to bring forward the process of the development of the Jewish people, which is dependent upon being in Egypt. So when we look at this Chumash Breshis, uh, the thread that runs throughout is survival after terrible things. Not one of the heroes in Chumash Breshis had what we would call an easy life, or one that we would like to emulate. Nobody retired at 65 and went to Florida. So therefore, this is why the Nobi says, Am Sridei Choref. That's the Jewish people. And if we look throughout the story of the Jewish people from the beginning till today, that's what the story is. Who survives? What do we do afterwards? There are things that we can't prevent and we can't understand. And we can't justify. The generation of the Second World War, there's no justification for that. But what do you do afterwards? So I knew a few people I know now a few people too. There are people here in our shul I know. Uh, They were driven people. Punavision Rob told me he's going to rebuild all 18 Lithuanian yeshivas. He said that's why he was saved. Baron Cutler said he's going to rebuild what he had in Europe. Satmarov said he was going to rebuild. Ernst Israel said they're going to rebuild. We're going to have an independent state. We're not going anywhere. Because that's the nature of Klal Yisrael. That's Am Sridei Chorev. And individuals who rebuilt their lives. You had families became uh, 
productive people. So that's an important lesson for us. Very important lesson. And that's a way to look at us. To look what has happened to us. To judge the situations. We have great challenges today. In the United States, you have 70% of the Jewish people disappearing in front of your eyes. But what are we going to do about it? What's the other 30% going to do? That's the question. Here in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, we see a vitality in all sections of society. That's driven that we're here for a purpose. Call in the name of God, the Jewish people. Our mere presence is calling the name of God in the world. So if we see ourselves in that light, so then everybody's life has a purpose. Everybody has a justification for all of the efforts that we put into life. And I think that that's an important lesson of this Chumash. We shouldn't look at the Chumash in isolation. We should look at it as the pattern of why we are called Am Sride Chorev and why that is a title of honor and not one of defeat. So I thank you all for coming. Have a Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you next week. Thank you.